Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, welcome everyone. How are you? How have you been? Welcome if you have not listened before. Welcome to Intuitive Seek. And if you are a listener, thank you for coming back as always. And if you came to or watched the replay of my Your Majestic Heart workshop that I hosted two weeks ago, thank you so much. It was really incredible, very magical. Part of these workshops, the free ones that I do especially, I get kind of an inspiration from my intuition. I receive a thought, an idea, and I can't kind of stop thinking about it. Not in a terrorizing way, but in a way where it's just in my energy, in my mind, in my body. And the structure of the workshop, that's what happened. I thought of it and received it very quickly. And the inspiration was there. And yeah, the practices and the long meditation journey at the end. It was just so lovely. And I'm saying that as someone who experienced it. Like I really loved making it because I received so much from it, from being able to really connect to and understand how to follow the path to the wisdom of the depth of our hearts, the energy of our hearts. And yeah, it was just beautiful. So I may do it again. If you aren't signed up for my newsletter, please do go to the show notes. You'll see the link there. But yes, it was so wonderful because there was some focused energy healing in it as well. Some group energy healing, which I hadn't done in a free workshop before. And yeah, the feedback has been super lovely and yeah, the connections that people made to their own energy and, you know, the revelations when you really take the time to pay attention to your energy, it is, yeah, pretty remarkable. But one of the things that kind of came out of that workshop was how much meditation was so important, like such a catalyst for my own healing and intuitive journey and developing, or like I like to say, remembering all of the things that listening to the language of my intuition can offer. So I had another idea. I had another idea that I'm going to be creating a new guided meditation journey series. And it's a four meditation series of focused guided journeys. And the main kind of mission of them, the inspiration is to learn how your intuition likes to speak to you through meditation and to really build deep, grounded trust in your intuition. 
And each one will have a theme, a feel, hear, see, and know. And they will be different than maybe what you're thinking when you hear that. They are, yeah, quite unique from what I've experienced before or seen um, some other practitioners doing as well. So if that kind of piques your interest, if you're like, hmm, yeah, that sounds like something that I could use, then make sure again that you're signed up for my newsletter because I will be sending out all the details on July 1st because the first guided meditation journey will be feel and that will start on July 7th. So yes, I'll kind of give more information the closer we get to July 1st, but please sign up for it because it is something that could really create some transformational power in your life. Yeah, could be pretty, pretty transformational, like I said. So yeah, not to be too cryptic or secretive about it, but yeah, just sign up for it and I will let you know all about it. So I don't know how you've been feeling and depending on when you're listening to this, maybe it is in, you know, a few months or even years from now, but I, I do always like to trust the timing of anything that I read or listen to. So even if it is at a different date, we tend to receive the message that we need or the words that we need or the ideas that they kind of can spark that we needed to receive at the right time. So trusting the timing, I will say for June, I hope that you have been well, because from what I have seen, it has been one of those months, like many others in this year, 2023, that things are shifting things are changing. People are making decisions. They're coming to, you know, conclusions from long-standing ideas and relationships and careers and places that they're living. Like I'm seeing it as a real theme around people that I know and people that I am serving as well. So yeah, it's pretty interesting because so much of this time of year, especially June, we're halfway through the year. It's time to, we tend to look back and reflect. Right now, it almost feels like a fresh start. And I know that I kind of spoke about that in my June energy impressions. But one thing that, well, maybe it's good that we don't always focus on it. But one thing that we tend not to focus on is when something does feel kind of new and fresh, that always comes with endings. That always comes with something that maybe is left behind. So if you have been feeling emotional, a lot of ebbs and flows in your feelings, if you listen to June's energy impressions, that's part of it. Feeling your feelings allowing you to just be in your experience and not trying to change it, but really just being aware of it. And that was really highlighted for June. That's what I really noticed 
was, yeah, there have been big feelings, but also amazing new discoveries and new steps forward. And that is so lovely to be able to celebrate that. So if you are one of us who has stepped forward, who has let go of something, completed something, really kind of allowed your true desires and kind of trusting them to propel you forward, I really want to celebrate that, celebrate you. And it doesn't have to be giant. It can be small things. But if you were to reflect back to January, isn't it amazing where you are now? And if you are not in a great space, isn't it incredible that you have survived so far? And how can you open up your perspective? How can you receive help from unexpected places? That's something that I always like to remind myself when I am going through a tough time, when things don't feel like they're working out, when a lot of fear and worry and doubt can come into my life, especially because I have my own business. I'm doing a lot of different offerings of utilizing my you know, intuitive energy healing modalities. But that comes with a lot of instability. And there isn't a lot technically in life that is secure and stable, but there isn't even a facade with mine right now and probably won't be for a few more years. So when I do find myself in that kind of spiral or little tornado of stagnant fear and doubt and yeah, uncertainty. One thing that works for me, and I'm offering this because if I feel like, oh, this is something I should mention, and I wasn't planning on speaking about this, but that's how this podcast works. I always trust that at least one person, one person will appreciate me speaking about it and speaking to it and offering not advice, but guidance. And if it's something that works, feels good, then take it, run with it. But yeah, everything with this podcast, as you know, take what you need and leave the rest. But if you are in that kind of like a lot of movement within you, but not a lot of movement happening outside of you, open up your perspective and really look. If you are in a tight place of not knowing what to do next, not knowing what to do with what you are already doing, not knowing. Is there somebody around you, somebody that you totally forgot is there to help you? Look for support because we are here to help each other. And it is very easy to feel kind of narrow and isolated in our experience when we are focused on living from our kind of authentic place to listen to our intuition, 
be intuitive seekers. Often you can feel like you're doing it all on your own, but you are not. So open up the perspective. Who is there? Who can help? Who can you even just reach out to to say, hey, I'm feeling weird today or I'm really stuck today. Do you have a second? And if that feels uncomfortable to hear, then usually that means that that's what you need to do. If there's resistance in even expressing how you're feeling to somebody else, in somebody that you trust and that you like or even love, then that tends to mean that that's something that you should be doing. Because we can really resist the things that will help us the most. And opening yourself to receive, if you've heard that phrase before, if you've heard me say it before, that means a softer heart. That means less judgment on yourself. That means less perfectionism. That means more trust. And that means not needing to equal out or balance out any support that you receive. That you don't have to give it back right away to equal the playing field. To only give something back if it feels right. So yes, if there's anyone out there who really needed to remember to open yourself up to receive, you may be surprised on what you do get, (laughs) what does come to you. In my experience, it is always unexpected because we have to, you know, surrender our expectations. But most of the time, our expectations are not thinking big enough. The view is not wide enough. And that's why we're meant to surrender them so that we can really look and see the whole big picture. And look at that. This is like a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about today on this episode. So this is the very first intuitive lab. This was an idea that I had because so often I feel a pull from my intuition to kind of deep dive on the subject. And that can kind of look like I am hearing about a subject a lot or seeing it. It's coming in from different aspects of my life and my sphere. And I just want to get to the bottom of it, of what this is, especially if it sounds interesting and I'm seeing it in different places, not just in one kind of community. So like not just in a kind of spiritual community sense, but across many different platforms. So you probably read already that this episode is about quantum spoon bending and energy and manifestation. Now, I am not a giant fan of the word manifestation. I remember I saw a meme a while ago where it was like, Christians call it praying, spiritualists call it manifestation, the scientists call it quantum physics. There's all these different terms for bringing something that you are wishing, hoping for, desiring into reality. But a lot of, you know, spiritualist teachings that I've seen and that 
I'm not a spiritualist. I am Mary Treen and I'm an intuitive guide and energy healer and uh, always a skeptic, not a cynic, but always a skeptic first. And that is why I love doing this work so much because I am constantly given evidence through my work that, oh, yes, this really is helpful and this is something. But I don't blindly follow anything. So manifestation, from my understanding and from what I've seen and read, a lot of the times it's centered around high vibes and low vibes. So really looking at not thinking anything negative and only visualizing and raising your vibration, bringing the positivity in so that you can match your energy to the energy of the thing that you are calling in. And that's kind of a big term for it, what I'm calling in. And sure, I mean, I don't know for sure. That could completely be the way to do it. But I think of manifestation as as the literal word, which is bringing something that didn't exist materially before into the material world to realize it into reality. Something that embodies an abstract idea or just an idea that becomes an event or an action around you or a physical object that really embodies what you were calling in, what were you thinking about, what you were focused on. And there are other definitions and kind of meanings to it, but that's the that's the piece of manifestation that I'm speaking about right now. And from my point of view, energetically, manifestation is not necessarily something that you are in control of. When I look at manifestation, I love it as an inspiration for how best to live our lives with the greatest of ease. Because a lot of manifestation, a kind of key component of it, and from my own experience with bringing ideas, goals, inspirations into being, has been surrendering, releasing the expectations releasing the grip, releasing control. And that is the most challenging part for me. And I know for so many. So what does that have to do with quantum spoon bending, you ask? (laughs) Okay. So I have been seeing quantum spoon bending a lot, a lot of different events and ideas and posts about it. And not just the quantum spoon bending kind of spiritual workshops. No, I was seeing a lot of spoon bending parties, which were kind of like bro tech parties where where people were doing spoon bending workshops as kind of a team building exercise. And if you've never seen the matrix, that's kind of where this phenomenon. I'll call it a phenomenon. Yeah, I'll call it a phenomenon because people still don't know exactly the reason why 
these spoon bending parties work and why these quantum spoon bending workshops, more of a spiritual lens, an energetic lens, why it works there too. Their are theories, their ideas, but there is no like substantiated evidence or full, oh, that's why this is working. So I needed to do a deep dive on it. I needed to watch the YouTube videos. I needed to read the articles and from many different kind of points of view and types of people. Because of course, the idea behind oh, wow, you can bend a spoon with your mind, which is kind of one of the schools of thought on it. That sounds incredible. Come on, who wouldn't want to do that? But as someone who works with energy every day, as someone who connects to my intuition, the language of it, the power of that energy of my intuition and how it can be utilized in so many different ways of points of connection to so many different avenues and places and and helpful ways, I understand that the nature of the universe is always unfolding and we don't know everything about it. And new discoveries are being learned all the time about the nature of energy and the nature of what we really understand to be true in our reality. So I know that there is a lot of super natural, as I like to say, magic in the world and that we are a part of. But it's just part of life. If you open yourself up to it, shift your awareness to be able to see it and understand it. And there's so many different ways. But back to the spoon. So if you ever saw The Matrix, there's a scene in The Matrix where Neo, the protagonist is seeing an oracle and there's like this little buddhist monk this young person and you see that the person's holding a spoon and it's kind of bending back and forth like looking really malleable and of course it looks super cool so neo who is on this quest this search to find out whether he is the one that will save them all he wants to do it of course he's like wow that's cool tell me how you do that And the boy says something to the effect of, you know, there is no spoon. The spoon doesn't exist. The spoon doesn't bend. Only your mind bends. You must bend your mind. There is no spoon. Which really symbolizes the idea of what is reality. Can you shift reality and the nature of the universe of your reality based on your perception? based on your perspective? Is reality reflected based on you or are you reacting to reality? I mean, these are beautiful, metaphysical, philosophical questions to ponder. The history of spoon bending from my research, there was more of a paranormal magic phenomenon. There is a guy 
in the 1960s, and he was a magician, um, called himself a psychic magician, and his name was Yuri Geller, and he really popularized bending spoons, but also all types of metals, so coins and all things. But he really called it a mysterious event. He believed in his psychokinesis, but it was a real phenomenon again because nobody had really seen it before and so yeah lots of newspaper articles and discussions on different media outlets and books they were all trying to figure out how he was doing it because there was no actual scientific evidence but it was really about using your mind it was a magic a mentalist kind of trick. But then with the Matrix coming along, spawned this new idea of, okay, what can we do with spoon bending? Is it really about energy? Is it really about psychokinesis? Or is it something else? And so there is no spoon. Spoon bending became a thing that people started to do and teach, which I didn't know. And maybe you didn't know which is why I'm telling you about it. (laughs) And I went on a real deep dive a few months ago, looked at everything that I could about it because I wanted to see if I could bend the spoon and also what my perception of what was happening if I was able to. So the first time I kind of went into this practice is I watched quite a few YouTube videos and that kind of had the same, whether it was somebody offering kind of more of a grounded kind of, this is a tool to explain self-development or the person that really was speaking to the spiritual aspect of quantum physics and energy. Both of them had a similar approach, which was you have to focus your attention on the object. You have to focus on your energy. So focus on you and your body and what's happening in your body and what it feels like and what's going on, like really being here in the present. And then shifting to focusing on the object, which I really loved because it was such a great demonstration of something that I am always teaching and guiding and something that has been so big for me, which has been understanding what is my energy and what isn't. And if you've listened to my episodes about empathic energy, if you've done my empathic energy reclamation meditation, you know that feeling when you're kind of ungrounded, all over the place, really connected to the people in your life, thinking about them more than you're kind of focused on where you are. That's why it's important to know how to release that, to call back all of your energy. So that was the first thing that I noticed through everything that I researched. That's how you start, is really bringing your attention to your breath, focusing on your energy. 
so that you can also shift and focus on the energy of the spoon. So right away, I thought, oh, that's interesting that every single person who I'm seeing and watching from all different types of beliefs and ideas about what this actually is, whether it is just a practice or like an exercise to showcase something or whether it is this like magical thing, they're all starting with centering, quieting the mind, bringing your energy down and in, grounding. They all started with grounding, which is, as we know, if you've listened to this before, any of my episodes, grounding is the number one most important thing for any type of intuitive development. If you are wanting to develop your intuitive connection, connection to the language of your intuition, but also is the number one thing that I found the real key to living and moving through your life, navigating all of the ups and downs with clarity, with as much clarity as you can have, you must be grounded. So I thought that that was pretty interesting, that every single quantum spoon bending or spoon bending party, every video, every article, it was like, okay, quiet your mind, bring your energy down. Focus on the center of your body. Focus on your heart. So grounding, very important. And each of them, depending whether it was the spiritual spectrum end or the more self-development spectrum end, corporate team building, (laughs) because there was a lot, a lot of corporations hire people to facilitate these boom bending parties. Really interesting. So maybe they didn't say specifically, oh, you have to ground your energy first, but that is what everybody's doing. And then the next thing is, you have to be patient. You have to take some time and really be in your grounded state while also focusing on this object in your hands. So you're bringing all of your attention to this object. You're not giving any intention yet. You're just bringing all of your attention to it. And then across all of the videos, everybody had a different way of setting their intentions for these spoons to bend. The more corporate spoon party atmosphere was yelling and getting really excited and building their energy and saying over and over and over again, this spoon will bend, bend the spoon, the spoon is bending, bend the spoon, like they're saying it over and over. Fun group exercise for somebody, not for me watching it, but for somebody. (laughs) And on the other end of the spectrum, not saying anything out loud and saying to yourself and to the spoon, I suppose, with the intention, it is easy to bend the spoon. So from the one side of being really loud and, you know, raising the energy and saying over and over and over, almost like a mantra, bend the spoon, bend the spoon, bend the spoon. On the other end, very quiet, unassuming, you would never even know anything was happening. 
Oh, and everybody began, this is what I forgot to say. Everybody began by trying to bend the spoon. And of course, I have brought the spoons out and I have done this. And so I'm telling you about my experience and what I have kind of decided and landed on. The lesson from what I learned. So the other thing that kind of differentiated between all the different videos was how much time everybody spent connecting their intention while holding the spoon. So some of the parties, they're doing it for 20, 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, where some of them were like 30 seconds and then everywhere in between. But then the next thing, when they were done, when they felt that, okay, that's the time, depending on whatever structure they were using at these workshops or classes or parties, the next thing to do was to put the spoon away, to put it down and step back and release it from your mind and stop thinking about it altogether. So the big spoon bending parties, cease the mantra, start, you know, have some cocktails, relax, wait. On the other side, very quiet, put it down and walk away. Some went for 10 minutes, some 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. But I loved this because it really made sense to me. I, every step of it, I thought, oh, this is really cool because it's showing the kind of natural steps of, or the step of releasing, of letting go, of surrendering. The big piece of any type of goal any type of desire, any mark you're moving towards, anything on your vision board, anything you are manifesting, if you want to use that word. Surrender, releasing, huge, huge part, but also just in life. And I loved that each one, it was a huge part with surrendering. And in my experience, for myself and people I work with and just the people around me, the world around me, but specifically with myself, I'll say anything I'm doing creatively, anything I'm doing with my work, anything I'm doing with things I want to make, things I want to do, goals I want to hit, the biggest piece, the biggest piece is I need to let it go. And I have so many, so many pieces of evidence that it, it is part of it because so many times I have let it go. I give it, I give it back. I say, this is not for me to think about or focus on anymore. I'm just letting it go. I surrender. I've done everything I can. I need to release my grip. There are so many ways to say it. But when I do that, inevitably, an hour or a day or a week later, 
everything comes to fruition the way it was meant to from when I look in hindsight. Sometimes it's not exactly the way that I thought, but something happens. So in all of these spoon bending classes and workshops and parties, everyone surrendered. Now, some of them did it in a big way. Some of them did it with specific words. Some of them did it in their mind, quietly. So no right way to do it. Another great lesson. There is no right way to surrender. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust that you know how to. And you can connect to your intuition. Ask, okay, how do I surrender? See what comes. But you have to trust that you can let it go. And then, of course, everybody has the same kind of practice to finally bend the spoon is after they've surrendered it for as long as they feel like they need to. Then they come back, they pick it up, and they bend it. Bend it with so much ease, so malleable. And I did it three times. And I will tell you, I don't know exactly whether it is a quantum spoon bending that this very simple exercise has helped me use my energy to to manipulate the physical matter and the energy particles of the physical matter and to change it. I don't know about that. Actually, no, I will say I don't think that's what's happening. I don't feel like that's what's happening. What I felt was an amazing example over and over again, this little microcosm of how to bring things into your life, how to manifest, but on like a real level, on a foundational level. Because when I picked up the spoon, I tried to bend it. After I've done all the research, had all the steps, and I went intuitively, I kind of took a little bit of everyone. So I picked up my spoon, I tried to bend it, and it was very hard to bend. And I lift weights, I work out, I'm strong. And I also did not want to trick myself. So I really wanted to be very clear on what I was doing. So I tried to bend it quite hard. And I was like, okay, I can kind of get it to move a little bit because I'm strong. I'm not, you know, crazy strong, but I'm strong. I could kind of get it to move a little bit, but it took force, took a lot of force. And it's a big, I was using my big, big metal spoons. They're not weak or super bendable. Not at all, which was hard because I love my silverware, but I wanted to use real spoons. So that was the first thing. I couldn't really do it without a lot of force. And even then just a little bit. So I was like, okay, this is a good spoon to try. So then I went into the second step, held the spoon with my fingers so I could kind of feel the weight of it. That's what a lot of the other people were doing too. Like don't hold it too tightly. Like make sure you are feeling that this is a physical object in your hands. And then I really grounded myself, which was nice. Spent some time connecting to my energy, bringing it down, really focusing on 
how I was feeling and where my breath was and then bringing my focus to the spoon, how different it was than my energy, how it was a separate thing of its own, where I could feel the difference between the heat and the movement of my energy and my fingers and the kind of coolness of the spoon and the solid, like unmoving feeling, which felt like another beautiful metaphor and lesson about bringing things into your life that you don't have yet, which is knowing your energy, knowing where you end and the world begins, but also really feeling and visualizing and understanding, imagining what it would feel like to have it or to be there or do that thing or after you've created it, whatever you are wanting to manifest, quote unquote. It's really important to feel it. What does it feel like? Not as a point on the map of your life, but what would it actually feel like in your present day to have or do or say or create that thing? Maybe not say, oh, actually, no, because if they're, say, on your goals and your mind's eye, you really, in your heart, you want to speak to a lot of people about maybe telling your story or sharing something you learned or some kind of inspirational talk, like a TED talk or something. You would want to visualize that. You would want to imagine what it felt like. What does it feel like? So with the spoon, I really felt that. It was such a physical representation of how important it is to imagine what you want for your life. To have a real active, co-creative role in bringing your life to where you want it, where you desire it. But then, how do you set that intention? Do you like to use a mantra? Do you like to have post-it notes around you all the time so you can see it? Do you like to make a vision board so it's always around so you understand that it's there? Or do you remind yourself a little bit throughout the day or once a week? Or do you write out a big list of intentions in your journal? And then that's kind of the last time you think about it. Because the lesson that I learned from all the different ways that people were doing this is that it doesn't really matter how you set those intentions. You have to trust what feels right. But the most important part, the most important, is that you stop that there's an end to the setting of intentions, that there is a last word in the mantra, and then you stop, that you write it in the journal and then you close it, that you keep those post-it notes up for a while, but then you take them down, that you put the vision board up, maybe you bring it out once a week, maybe you kind of meditate on all of the things that you've been imagining for yourself, but then you put it away. So that's what I did. I did the intention. I'm a quiet intention person, so I was just feeling the spoon 
and imagining how it would feel to bend it with ease. And I was thinking, okay, I can bend this spoon. Yeah, this spoon is bendable. Even though when I started, I tried to and I couldn't. And then I put it away. And I set my timer for 20 minutes because that seemed to be like the the median time between everyone. So when I went back to the spoon after 20 minutes, I tried to, but not with more force, with the same amount of force. I tried very hard to make sure that it was the same. I tried and I couldn't bend it. And then I really had that intuitive hit, that pull of, oh, this is so interesting because I know that other people can do this. I've seen it over and over again and not just in, you know, some kind of magician and like spiritualist or some person claiming to be able to manipulate physical objects with their energy, but like tech bros at a party, all bending spoons. So what my intuition told me was, okay, so this is possible. People do this. Why don't you believe that you can do this if everybody else can? Which was quite profound. I was having a real spiritual experience with the spoon bending. Because if you are listening to this podcast, you've probably heard the term limiting beliefs before. And they're huge in, you know, some big manifestation circles, but also just in our lexicon now. TikTok, Instagram, people talk about their limiting beliefs, how to recognize that you are telling yourself a story about yourself that is not serving you in the present, that is may not be true anymore. And maybe it never was. Maybe it never was. But in that moment, I had a very specific lesson of okay, other people can do this. I really am putting a lot of pressure on myself. And this is interesting because it was all, I was doing this alone. So nobody was around me. Nobody knew I was doing this. But I realized that I was putting so much pressure on myself, not obviously, kind of in the back of my mind, that, okay, I better bend this spoon. I can do it. I'm sure I can do it. If everybody else can do it, I can do it. That is not a place of power. That is not, that's not coming from a place of power for myself. When I'm forcing and putting pressure on myself to do something, the power comes from surrendering, relaxing, and saying, well, let me just try. Coming from more of a neutral place. Not an overexcited, I can do this, but a, let's see, why not? And so I set it down again. I put the timer on for five minutes and I just grounded. I just focused on my energy to like a little short meditation for myself. And then I picked up the spoon and I bent it. And I bent it so much that it touched, almost touched the, what is that called? The stick of the spoon, (laughs) 
the handle, the handle of the spoon. Why did that? That is very funny. The stick of the spoon or the bowl of the spoon, the handle or the spoon. So I bent it so fast that it did feel like magic. It did because, you know, 30, 40 minutes before I tried and it was not possible. And I wasn't holding it the whole time. It didn't get super hot. I released it. I set it down. It was on its own. And I really felt that wave of grounded surrender. And it's not a place that I can be in easily all the time. But I recognized it. I recognized it as that feeling I have before lovely things have happened in my life, have unfolded. When all of these things that I've done for my business and in my personal life and created, even with this podcast and the workshops and all of these things that I am setting intentions for, goals for, that do come to fruition, I recognize that feeling. I recognize the spoon feeling as that feeling. So I was really blown away at how understanding the energetics of life. It's not something that you have to reach for outside of yourself or raise your vibration to or learn how to access some kind of activating portal or dimension. No. We're in it right now. We have all of this ability, this untapped potential that is not easily reached when we don't believe in it. So the spoon bending, the quantum spoon bending, is a perfect way to really understand the cliche of you have to believe in order to see it. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe it. You have to have faith in yourself. But the hardest part is you have to believe that you can do everything that you want to do, that you desire. You have to connect to that intention and ideally connect to that it's coming from a place of honesty of truth and not just something that you think you should do or have, that it's not coming from outside, that it really is a true desire from inside, from your heart and your soul. You bring that intention out. You believe that you can. You feel it. You imagine what it would be like that person that has or does or has created that thing. You imagine what that feels like. And then one of the hardest parts for me, and I'm assuming for you, because if you listen to this podcast, we're probably pretty alike, is taking the pressure off of yourself that you have to do it all. Taking the unrealistic expectations off, releasing your grip, releasing control. So my experience, and I did it two more times, not that day, but over the course of the last few months, and each time it was the same. Each time I did notice that, oh, 
I'm putting way too much pressure on myself. So then I had to reset, ground myself, and be like, okay, we've done all the intention setting. We have released it. We've surrendered it, which brought us into being able to really believe that, oh yeah, I can bend the spoon. And then you do. But then the best part, the best part, the best lesson I'll say is that it wasn't bending on its own. It wasn't bending on its own. All of those steps, the last step was I had to act. So that was the big cherry on top of this manifestation lesson, the nature of our reality lesson, goal setting, intention setting, living the life that you desire and doing all the things that you feel called and pulled to do. Guess what? The only way to do it is to take inspired action, which means inspired by your intentions and your desires, inspired by your heart and your soul and your intuition. So this intuitive lab was all about a different facet, a different view, a different perspective of what it really means to follow your intuition. Because I feel like the following is where we get a little tripped up because that's the action. We can get caught in the validations, asking for more signs, connecting more into our intuition, getting more information, thinking about all of the ways and reasons and staying in, staying in that kind of whirl of creation. But it's up to us to take that whirl and act with it to really create something into our reality. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that that inspires you to maybe do a little Googling yourself or just try the spoon bending the way that I offered it to you. And every step, really think about the goals you have for yourself. And how each step is teaching you how to naturally, super naturally manifest what you want and desire in your heart and your soul and your spirit and your all the things. So who knows? Never say never. Maybe I'll be back one day with, oh, I figured out how to do it um, only with my mind. <laughs> but. No, it didn't feel intuitively what this is about. I think it's really a reflection of how we can act in the world and create. And by kind of going through the motions with the spoon bending, you can see how you naturally do that and where you may need to release a little bit more or shed or shift a limiting belief or your grip a little bit too. Maybe it's a little bit too strong. Maybe you need to work on some practices of surrender more. Maybe you need to work on, you know, some shadows of those limiting beliefs of why those old stories are there that aren't serving you. So in this intuitive lab today, there is no spoon. There really is only a beautiful example and step-by-step lesson of how your intuition 
wants to share with you how you can manifest whatever you desire, but how much you need to do each step along the way. So the steps for kind of natural manifestation, ground your energy, connect to your energy, know what's yours and what isn't, feel the other, the thing that isn't here yet, but feel it in your energy, feel it separate from your energy, feel it. And then set the intention for what it is you want to happen and then surrender and then act and then follow where you're meant to go. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this intuitive lab a little bit different and yeah, I really like sharing that with you, my experience with quantum spoon bending. And if you try it, please let me know. I would love, love, love to hear about it. And don't forget about all the free meditations I have on this podcast feed. Grounding meditations, energy reclamation meditations, clarity of purpose meditations, so many. And they're not super long, so very easy to fit into your life. But if you're doing the spoon bending, try one of the grounding meditations at the beginning. So yes, thank you so much for listening. And yes, please let me know. Let me know if you tried the spoon bending, how this resonated with you. If you had any, you know, really kind of light bulb moments of, oh, that's why dot, dot, dot hasn't been working. I would love to hear from you. And you can always give me any kind of questions or thoughts, send them to me on my website. You can contact me through treenlight.com or easily through my Instagram at treenlight.healing. All those links are in the show notes and sign up for the Treenlight letters so that you can get all the information for my guided meditation series coming up. And if you're curious about working with me, I offer one-on-one sessions, distant remote healing sessions. I have a space actually for my four-month healing journey one-on-one, some space opening up pretty soon. And I have a group journey starting in August that I will tell you more about soon, but you can go to my website or click on the link there. It's called the Slow Majesty Group Healing and Development Journey. It's easy to book a free clarity session with me if you are curious about the work and how it can support you. I always offer a 30-minute consultation and I'll leave all of the links that I mentioned in the show notes. And yeah, hugely appreciate if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or follow. And if you feel like you want to offer some support, then you can share it with a friend or leave a review would be amazing too. So lovely. So thank you so much again. Be kind to yourself and I'll talk to you soon.